Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12, 2. This is Resistance and Reformation on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. When the Royal Society of London for Improving Natural Knowledge was chartered by Charles II in 1662, it was the first scientific society in history. Interestingly, devout Christians, with their interest in God's creation, were most responsible in bringing it into existence. In fact, its membership was overwhelmingly Puritan in makeup. The society originally grew out of the meetings of the so-called Invisible College, a gathering of scientists and natural philosophers who met at the London mansion of Vicantus Ranlaw, Lady Catherine Boyle, a long-standing supporter of the parliamentarians and Puritans in the revolt against Charles I during the English Civil War, she was an ardent Puritan, a friend and confidant of the epic poet John Milton, and the educational reformer Samuel Hartlib. Of deep intelligence and wide scientific and philosophical interests, Lady Boyle welcomed the group into her house so that they might share with one another their latest scientific developments, encouraging one another to undertake groundbreaking research and experimentation. Lady Boyle's brother, Robert Boyle, was among the most active members of the Invisible College. He was also a devout believer. He not only engaged in a series of apologetics projects, he also endowed a lecture series to defend Christianity. He assisted persecuted Welsh clergymen, and he subsidized multiple scripture translations. An innovative chemist, he developed Boyle's Law of Gases and wrote a book which debunked the pseudosciences of alchemy. He is often called the father of modern chemistry and was one of the founders of the modern experimental scientific method. Most of the other stalwarts of the society were likewise quite conservative in their theological inclinations. Theodore Hake was a professor at the largely Puritan Gresham College at St. Bernard's Inn Hall, adjacent to the newly established British Library and Museum in London. He worked with Lady Boyle to create the invitation lists for the earliest meetings of the Invisible College. The chief architect and secretary of the Royal Society after the Stuart Restoration was John Wilkins. Married to the sister of Oliver Cromwell, he had served as the warden of Wadham College in Oxford and the master of Trinity College in Cambridge. He was a leading member of the party of Puritans, but he would be reconciled to the Stuarts and to the Anglican Communion, eventually becoming the Bishop of Chester. 
John Willis also helped to lay the foundations of the society in its earliest days. Considered one of the greatest physicians of his generation, he was so strong in his attachment to the Church of England that he was cold-shouldered at the royal courts of Charles I and II, both of which inclined to Romanism. Among his many charities, he funded a clergyman to conduct worship services at hours when average working men could attend. Perhaps the most accomplished man of his day, Christopher Wren, was also a founder of the society. He is best known for rebuilding more than 60 local churches, as well as St. Paul's Cathedral, following the Great Fire of London in 1666. In addition, though, he was an anatomist who prepared the drawings for Cerebri Anatomae by Thomas Willis. He was a geometer. Newton classed him among the best. He was a physicist, pioneering a number of vital impact studies. He was a meteorologist. He was a surveyor. And as a medical technician, he attempted some of the first blood transfusions. Since each of these founders were sincere Christians, it is not surprising that the motto adopted by the new organization was nothing by mere authority. For them, science was subordinated to the one true and certain ground of truth revealed in the scriptures. Modern science, rather than being contrary to Christianity, is in fact its natural fruit. Sir William Thompson, Lord Kelvin, the formulator of the first and second laws of thermodynamics, declared, if you think strongly enough, you will be forced by science to the belief in God. You will find science not antagonistic, but helpful to religion. When asked about his faith, Michael Faraday, the pioneer of electric motors, asserted, speculations I have none. I am resting on certainties. I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Charles Babbage, pioneer of the modern computer, said, It is often said that science affirms the Christian faith, as ought to be the case, given that science is a child of the Christian faith, owing its very existence to the truths of Scripture. As Thomas Chalmers would profess, it is a most Christian exercise to extract a sentiment of piety from the works and appearances of nature. Therefore, there is a great and imposing splendor in science. This is the starting post for any great advance in human knowledge and understanding of the world that God has made. Thus, humility is the only sure foundation upon which progress and innovation may be built. Follow the science and follow it rightly. Therefore, you'll be inevitably finding yourself in the fold of the Christian faith, and there you'll find the only ground upon which resistance 
and reformation may commence. I'm George Grant on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. For more information and for resources, go to georgegrant.net or adoringgod.org.